what is going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the spectators i'm julian osius i'm here at brooklyn how you doing buddy i'm doing good bro we just had father's day yesterday so shout out to all the dads out here how mm-hmm. you doing i'm doing good uh also shout out to all the, the dads and fathers out there uh you know doing your thing i'm happy you got a day to be celebrated and um uh, yeah you know it's uh it's still crazy times we're, we're going through and uh Absolutely. sports uh we'll get to it in a little bit but sports are a little looking shaky in in the united states right now but mm-hmm. we got some stuff going on outside uh the english premier league just started up this last week so go check out the boys at the 3d uh podcast they are um going to be covering all that soccer stuff for you i know they're excited to be back so go check them out uh when you get the Absolutely. chance and uh we we have some we have some stuff for you we got we got a little bit of a what, what feels to be some some new york drama um mostly at the expense of brooklyn over here yeah sadly usually i'd love that we're sitting here having an episode talking about my teams but it's not in the way that i want to but no. we, we gotta not, do not what to we gotta that. do we gotta do what we gotta do. So I gotta take it the, on the chin. <laughs> the latest news coming out of the New York Jets organization is that uh, young star safety Jamal Adams uh, out of LSU, uh, right? Out of LSU, pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. he, he's he's a rising star in the league, and the Jets promised that right after the draft they were gonna give him that raise and extend his contract. And it hasn't happened yet. And now the the grumblings have turned into angst. And Jamal wants out. He's demanding a trade out of New York now. Yeah, man. As as a fan, this is just really, really embarrassing. It's frustrating. It's, It's just bad. It's bad business. Like, you can't let your star player, you can't promise him you're gonna work it out with him, give him what he wants, do what you need to do, set a time frame for when you're going to do that, and just go back on your word and beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. You you can't do that. Like, How do you let somebody like this even have the opportunity to leave your team? Somebody yeah, of this talent, you got to lock in for as long as you can. And it's just bad to see this all play out. Yeah, and... and- you know, I, I don't. I don't hate the Jets. I, I don't really have a, a feeling towards them. Uh, Mark Sanchez mm-hmm. was sick back in the day, and that that was all I. <laughs> the Sanchez about. baby. But I, I, I we talk about it because we're we're always talking just about random stuff, and it seems yeah. like the Jets just really don't want to see themselves succeed. It, it feels like you ever see like the kid, or if you were this kid, or friends with one of them, that uh, they were so like self deprecating that. Even their like quality points like didn't matter because like they just didn't think it mattered and so they just didn't try ever. That's how the Jets yeah. feel. They just don't want to see themselves succeed. So they're like, eh, well let's uh let's let's figure out another way to kinda ruin something. And the thing is you would you would think like now, okay, they're trying to do better. They do the whole rebranding with the logo, the uniforms, all that. We get new management with Joe Douglas coming from uh philadelphia and it's like all right we're, we're turning the page we're looking good we had a good draft like we've hit the needs we needed to 
free agency was whatever. We just get Le'Veon last season. Like, it's looking good. We got a young quarterback. We got a dope safety. Got people around. Just need to fill some spots. We're on the up and up. And then you do something like this. And it's like, wow. Did we really try to change? Or that was just all smoke and mirrors to keep the fans quiet. And even like I brought up last year, you guys go and get Le'Veon and then really don't use him like at all. (laughs) And I know like the injuries were like a thing. And you're yeah. worried about his health, and the, the season wasn't necessarily at hand, uh, especially mm-hmm. towards like the middle part. Um, but you go out and you get this this prime time free agent that mm-hmm. wants to be on a contender, and then you don't even use him, and you're not contending, and now he's unhappy. And then you have your other superstar six to eight months later, who's also unhappy, the Jamal Adams. Yeah. And uh, there, there's got to be something going on. Um, I've always said it was Adam Gase. I, I think he's just an absolute idiot of a coach. But, I mean, I've thought that since Miami, too. I, I don't know anything about him from before. I just know he knows how to take things and ruin it and, and taint them. So I try to be very optimistic with Gase because, like, he's gotten good cosigns from, like, top-notch people. Peyton Manning just being one of the – Examples. He was a quarterback coach in uh, Denver with Peyton. So, with that being said, like, I try to be optimistic. And he doesn't, like, rub me the wrong way at times. He's just a very, like, I don't care what you what you think type of guy. And I'm going to do it my way. And in a sense, in New York, you got to kind of be hard-nosed like that. You can't let people get under you. But it's not out of being there. There definitely is a lot of ways he could do things with this team. And I don't know if he chooses not to. I don't know if he doesn't know how to do it. I don't know if like people are in his ear and he's trying to spite them and not do it the way he's being advised to. I don't know what it is, but we're hoping to see year two be a little bit better. Now, year one, like you said, so many injuries, bro. It was bad. Linebackers, we were on our like fifth string. Yeah, but O-line that, that type of stuff happens, though. It happens, and you can't do nothing about it. You you got to push through and deal with the cards you're dealt, and then you get in the off season, you rebuild, you get healthy, you refresh, and you get back to work. But when you're losing key players like this, off of just pettiness, like yeah. I, I don't well, really know the, what else, worst part what other way to put to go it. To like Dallas, so it's not like he. He's trying to go to a place. That, I mean, the Jets really don't have much hate for Dallas, but I feel like most of the league kind of does. Uh, the reason he wants to go to Dallas is because he's originally from Dallas, so he wants to play for his home team. And, I mean, I feel him. I'm not mad at it. But at the same time, I hate the Cowboys. And seeing Jamal go there, if he does, be terrible. And he put out a trade demands for, I'm going to say, about like eight teams, I think. I know the Chiefs were there, the Ravens, the Eagles, the Bucks. Um, that's just off the top of my head. There was a couple more. Obviously, the Cowboys too. Yeah. So we see if the Jets. Are... Though, this this is definitely one of those situations where he just has no control. Like you can say you want to be traded these places. Yeah. But the Jets, out of spite, could just send him somewhere terrible. Yeah. And, and that's like, what I was getting I ready to say. Let's see what the Jets do with Jacksonville. That. Like, 
<laughs> say you did the Jaguars offered you a second round and somebody else offered you a higher second round, you're like, eh, let's say you did Jacksonville. That's the thing. Have I really fun. hate to see him go if it happens, but we need a big return out of it because you can't let a player like this go for a bag of peanuts. And the issue is it's going to be uh, not the the, tra- the ideal trade that you're going to hope for just because when a player is out here demanding a trade, uh, you kind of lose your leverage a little bit as a team. Yeah. And uh, kind of like with the with the Paul George thing, even though with Paul George's trade, they actually got a lot back, which was like oh they shocking. got so much back. Yeah, they got like way more back than like they ever should have. And like yeah. the Pacers are like actually good because of that trade now. So shout out to that. But um, you lose your leverage once your player says they want they want to leave, and you know it's tough. It's it's definitely tough. Um, it's a tough time to not, be a Jets not fan. The, not the start you wanted to be as a Jets fan uh, for this this year. And I mean that's really and the it was looking promising. Getting <laughs> so yeah, it was looking really promising. Like we're we were going gonna go into next season coming off of a injury ridden year, but there was room to improve and work to be done. But it all could have been could have been mended, and we could have turned the page. Maybe win. Seven out of ten games, if everything falls into place perfectly. But now, because uh, the chemistry is going to be bad, if this is internal stuff that isn't taken care of and players are seeing that. We were talking about the other day with free agents or people that are going to resign on the team. Is something like this going to be disastrous to that? Are people going to want to come and stay on the team that isn't going to pay their star player? And franchise player. So yeah. So um, hopefully the this kind of works itself out. Maybe they can make amends, but I, I kind of doubt it. Um, I hope so. You know, <laughs> but but shout out to the Jets for giving us something to talk about for the NFL. Uh, we, we definitely appreciate Man. it. Uh, we're gonna stay in Brooklyn, or I guess the Jets aren't in Brooklyn. We're gonna move to Brooklyn. No. Real quick for a little bit of some some just nonsense. Uh, the most Kyrie. <laughs> thing we've ever seen i mean a few Uncle years ago Drew. We found out he thinks the world's flat um and, and just all the nonsense that has happened with Kyrie, uh and and this just fits his narratives so well so unbelievably well um th- there was a leak that Kyrie made a group chat with a bunch of nets players uh suggesting that they should start a new league and I'm getting major NBA ABA vibes, except this isn't <laughs> going to be the NBA and the ABA. This is going to be uh, the YMCA league. <laughs> um, how do you feel about this? This very strange little leak so that look, we got. So look, Kyrie is a very misunderstood individual. He's been like that for a while. What he tries to do, and like the narrative that surrounds it. Is very misconstrued at times. Now, I'm not a fan of this, but I kind of understand where he's coming from with it. Because, like, with the Black Lives Matter movement, what, and this is what I feel he's coming from with it. The players get to make their own black-led team. I mean, not team, a league. Because there isn't any. You got... Just on ownership and presidents and 
the leagues. I think you only got like two black owners, and that's uh, Majir from uh, Toronto, and then one more. I don't got it off the top of my head. So, like, when you get to have that stability for your own uh, people owning a league and you don't got to follow somebody else, in that sense, I, I understand it. Now, is it going to work out the way he wants it to? That I can't say. But if it does go through, shout out. But this was also, uh, you just let me know before we recording, that was just a rumor that apparently it didn't really happen. Yeah, some a bunch of players apparently were saying, like, hey, this didn't happen. Yeah. He didn't send us this, and... Even if he did, none of us would have said anything about it. Because it was a group chat. This isn't like something that was exactly. said in the media or something like that. So that means exactly. if this was a group chat, that somebody would have had to come out and like essentially just snitch on like him saying that. And and people were probably also trying to make Kyrie look worse off of... I, they don't uh, really even have to try and make Kyrie look worse. He'll just do it on his <laughs> own eventually. They, they don't have to. Again, he, he's a very misunderstood person. Like, he, he tried... I'm sure he got goodness in his brain that he tries to let out, and it doesn't come out that way. And it happens. Yeah, I'm not out here saying he's a bad dude. I'm just saying, like... No, not at all. <laughs> he just... He's just always on something. But with with this, he was trying to do something for the people if this was what happened. He's trying to do something for his people. And, I mean, if that's the case, dope. That's cool. But even if it was the way, probably different ways to go about it. Yeah, just, um, yeah, not really. (laughs) Not really the uh, the way I would go about it. I would try and get uh, yeah. Or, like, when, when he retires, maybe try and become an owner of a team, something like that. I think that's, like, the yeah. better way to go That's another it. thing. But black ownership needs to go up, not only yeah. in the NBA, and just mad other in, sports, Not too. just sports, either, just in life. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. But, you know, so that, that was some interesting, uh, some Kyrie stuff. Uh, well, whenever some new Kyrie things come out, we'll, we'll bring you up to date on it because we, we I got you a Kyrie see, watch. <laughs> I just love to see the nonsense that he's always talking about and uh, has been for the better part of, <laughs> of the last decade. Still my guy. Shout uh, out Uncle allegedly. Drew. Allegedly. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see when he wants to get traded somewhere else soon enough. <laughs> Man. And, uh, what else we got? What else we got? We got, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this. This is like the most, I don't, I don't know how to even like describe it. This is the most like as Southern American thing that you could ever make up and believe, but it actually happened in 2020. Yeah. Like this is something that if you told me this, this was happening in Jim Crow, I'd be like, yeah, duh. But that was a long time ago. And now it's 2020, and this is still something that's happening. So we got NASCAR, right? NASCAR, a couple weeks ago, last week or the week before that, they banned the Confederate flag. You can't, ha- you can't have the Confederate flag at NASCAR races anymore. Uh, definitely a Which good is a great move step. on their part. Great uh, step by NASCAR. But a direct like jab at like, like a good chunk of their viewers. Which... I don't know if that says more about, like, the viewers or, like, the sport or, like, the culture it's created. I don't know what that says about any of that. But, anyway, they banned a Confederate flag, 
And there's all. And now, be, of like, before you uh, go on, Bubba Wallace is the man who called for the ban of the Confederate flag, and then yeah, a day later, and, NASCAR uh, bans it, and then. Yeah, because Bubba Wallace is the now. only <laughs> uh, full-time black uh, driver in NASCAR. Mm-hmm. And so he called for the ban of the Confederate flag because, I mean, obviously. And Should be. Yeah, it was like, come on. And he was yeah. wearing his I Can't Breathe shirts, and he was being an activist as much as he could, which, shout out for using his platform mm-hmm. for that. I think that's Absolutely. incredible. Especially in that sport, it's very difficult to, uh, to yeah, do that. Yeah, when you're alone pretty much on your own island, too. What, oh, yeah. It's, it's in a sense, you feel like community. nobody can like relate to you. Now, he does have support from other drivers, but in a way, you feel alone. Yeah, because nobody else looks like you. And exactly. nobody else like, knows the things that you go through. And so exactly. that, that ban of the Confederate flag goes up a couple weeks ago. And there's been a whole bunch of like uh, pseudo-riots type of deal people saying like defund nascar and all this nonsense which is like yeah, flying the confederate itself, flag over rioting, the races that you're rioting a company for banning a a racist symbol right? exactly and if you don't think it's a racist symbol then that's tough and uh, nothing i'm gonna say is gonna change the way you think and that's okay not really but you know i'm not out here gonna argue with you about something yeah. like civil rights so uh this week or actually yesterday uh, Bubba was at, uh, I don't know where he was at. He was at like a NASCAR. They were in uh, Talladega. Yeah, they're in Talladega, and in the bathroom, somebody hangs a noose from the ceiling, right in front of like his personal bathroom. Yeah, and his garage. That is one disgusting. of the most just, like, disgusting and vile Absolutely things disgusting. that you could like even symbolize, or I mean, you're essentially telling this guy that. Hey, we're we're watching you, and we want to lynch you. That that's essentially what's going on here, because you took yeah. Away because our you right want to be treated like a flag. human and speak out. We're gonna do this. Like it's just sickening, bro. It's absolutely disgusting. And now NASCAR has come out and said that they're gonna try to find whoever did this and just keep them far, far away from NASCAR, which they absolutely should. But it doesn't stop there. They need to make this very strict policy to just ban any type of racism or any stuff like that from NASCAR. They they have and, to. Like there can't banning, be any place for something like this. And banning just like that one person that did it or a group of people that might have done this um, is obviously a good thing. But this is but it's not enough. But this is clearly like a. A, a place of mind like a mindset that a lot of fans of the sport probably were thinking of they might not have gone and done it or they exactly. might not have gone and said it like in a public place or like on social media or something like that but this exactly. is definitely something that is a thought in the nascar community right now because this is the guy that is directly quote unquote taking their rights away which is always the uh this sort of a uh, group of people's like <laughs> Uh, retort to a lot of mm-hmm. uh, things being taken away that they don't like, even though they're not necessarily good. Um, yeah. And just banning them is not enough. I, there has to be a change in the culture. And I have no idea how you can start to change a culture like this because it is so um, 
just it's it's just like a cesspool that kind in, of feeds fan, itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, one first of all, stuff like this needs to be, funny uh, and they kind of repeat it, and it kind of just regurgitates itself. And it, first and of all, stuff like this needs to be treated as a hate crime, and people need to. Oh yeah, no. For stuff like this. Yeah, you mentioned it, it the band. No, this guy to. should be in prison. Whoever did this. This yeah. is this is like an offense. This is something that um, just can't be tolerated. And you know, and if especially they find out who for somebody sure like with care. that much access to be there to do yeah. something like that. So what they really need to do is vet everybody under the NASCAR's branding and really weed out any type of racism. Like, if there's even a lick of something like this around, like, get out of here. Because NASCAR, shout out to NASCAR. They're they're trying to move forward. They're trying to move forward. Banning the Confederate flag is a big step. There's still tons of work to do. Tons. And it's going to take years for it to really, really see change. But they're trying to move forward. And something like this from whoever did it, whether it's a driver, hopefully not. Whether it's somebody in the uh, pit crews or just... Anybody who works at maybe the uh, racetrack that we're at or whatever it was, there's no place for that type of person, those type of people anywhere near a sport that is majority like, because for a fan to like want to like NASCAR, it's probably tough for them because with everything surrounding it and like the narrative behind it, it's tough. Yeah. Like how do how do I like something that's like. So, like, not supportive of this, but, like, their fans are, like, uh, it, it's weird. It's really weird. And it it needs to be changed. No, you it definitely really make a good point. Like, racing is such, like, a thing that, as a kid, like, of any make or model, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, kids love racing. And, and yeah. younger people love racing and cars, especially uh, younger guys. And it's it's not strictly a race thing, and mm-hmm. it, but growing up and starting to like professional racing kind of became a race thing just because of the entire aura around the sport and the culture that it created for itself. That it feels Facts. inaccessible to a person of color to get in because they don't want to be treated in a way that they get treated by. Uh, by random people they don't know. They don't want to put themselves in a situation where that's going to happen more often. Exactly. And and that's exactly what NASCAR has been. Um, it's not necessarily NASCAR's fault in itself. It's just no, kind of all. it's kind of gone. And I think now is a real opportunity to really try and change that culture for themselves. I have no idea if they're going to actually try uh, further than this Confederate flag thing. For all I know, they might go against it and unban it just so they get viewers back and whatever. But you see, but. I feel like the sport will grow even more if they do a honest change and just complete cleanse of the sport. Because, like, yeah, you have that little mi- uh, majority of people that they're, they're just racist, flat out. And now there's plenty of people that like it and aren't racist. I'm sure there is. I'm not saying every single one of them are. But... The fact, like you said, the aura around it, like it needs to change, so people could feel more comfortable watching it, and being around it, not going to it and being, like, not knowing what somebody's gonna say to you because you're a certain color. Like that, that's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Or somebody even wanting to drive, like, let's say some kid wants to grow up to be a NASCAR driver. Cool. 
but they're black. They go they go race. You guys are going what 200 plus? I don't know what they top out at. But what's to stop somebody that's a racist to bump you and then crash you? Like something like that is just sickening, bro. Just absolutely disgusting. And it it can't be tolerated. Yeah. And that starts with NASCAR. Cuz like whether they they know about this stuff, I'm sure they do. They probably turn a blind eye to it, but it's time to stop that. They got to see something and put it into it. All right, you're doing this. Get out. You're banned from this track. They keep on doing it. All right, you're banned from all tracks, whatever. And it starts from there. Yeah, and, and it starts with us, too. Uh, whoever is a fan Absolutely. of the sport, uh, now is an opportunity to really be an advocate and, and not let stuff like this kind of go away without uh, mm-hmm. proper it, it being properly dealt with uh, now's our chance to if you like the sport uh, promote against all these hate crimes and just hate in general uh, try mm-hmm. and be as inclusive as you can and just push forward a culture that not just NASCAR needs reform in but we as a, as a society do and uh, I mean you know now has been a very good time to push that um you know, push that that envelope and continue to push for um, equality for everybody. Honestly, and we've mentioned it before. We on our website we got a new tab called "Make a Change." There's plenty of petitions and everything you could think of to try to make a change. If yeah, there's and, something and on there that uh, you don't see and you feel strongly strongly about, let us know. We'll gladly put it on there. Reach out on our socials, email us, whatever it may be. We will gladly help you. Fight for whatever you think is right. We yeah, got 100%. you. And that's like on any front either. It doesn't need to necessarily be a race front um, or just like a sexuality front or an abuse front. It could, it could really, there's a whole bunch of things that uh, we're here for you guys. As, as like much animals, as Animals, economy, I mean, so environment, whatever it may be. Whatever yeah. you feel strongly about, if there's an issue and there's some way to fix it, let us know. Yeah. So, uh, right, real quick before we go, we want to touch on this because uh, this is important. Uh, COVID in in Florida and Arizona is uh, is, is spiking, is going up. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure if you've been following any sort of social media or the news at all, you've kind of been seeing that. Um, and that's definitely on account of the the government not really caring as much as they should. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Baseball and also people not really caring, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> goes but hand the, in hand. the NBA who signed their their deal to come back to Disney and play, uh, that's not looking as promising now. Not because of uh, the Black Lives Movement and wanting to take away from that spotlight, but because uh, just so many people are getting sick now in Florida that it's not becoming safe again. Yeah, and so uh, we can. We can all do our part in that to kind of uh, stop the spread as much. If you if you need to leave your house, if you have to go to work, uh, just wear a mask. If you're going to go out to eat, just wear a mask. It's really not that hard. It doesn't uh, take too much away from you. I know there's a lot of people who, who think it's taking away from their rights because I don't. Which you know, is just the weirdest just, thing. You know, I, I get it's a piece of fabric from, on your face. Like... like 
I, I don't I get it. I, I really don't <laughs> like you're wearing a mask. Like it's not taken away from anything you're doing. Like you're, you choose to go out, you know, what's going on in the world. Like just wear it. Well, what is stopping you and makes you feel like you're being oppressed or something to wear this mask? Like, Oh, the government's telling me to do this. I don't want to do it. Like really trying to keep us <laughs> that, safe. That's where we're at. Yeah. And I feel like we're just a broken record or having deja vu because we were just saying the same exact thing, what, three months ago, four months ago? Well, and that's the that's the crazy part. Like, we've been doing this podcast for about a little over three months now in quarantine, right? And this is a sports yeah. podcast. So we haven't had sports in over three months. And it's not every episode. We We don't address it every episode. And maybe that's on us. I don't know. But... Every time we talk about COVID, we literally every single time talk about washing our hands, wearing gloves, and wearing a mask. Every single time. Yeah. This has not been new. Nope. This is not new information. And if it, I just don't understand how if this is something that you don't get yet and you don't know how it's spread yet, how you're just like so nonchalant and just cavalier about like your approach to going out in public. I know I work at a restaurant. In my restaurant, we don't have, like, a mandate that you have to wear a mask. So, probably about 80% of our clientele doesn't wear a mask. Yeah. And it's insane to me. They, they just don't care. I feel like a lot of it's also, like, just selfishness. Like, people have been locked up in the house, and now they have the chance to go out. And, like, okay, that's fine. Go out. But take the precautions you need to. But people just completely subside those and just go do whatever. Like, people are out in the clubs, no mask. People are out partying, no mask. People go out to eat, no mask. People go shopping, no mask. Whatever. Like, do what you need to do. It's really not that hard. You could still do whatever you're going out to do. Just put a mask on. And it's not that, okay, I don't have it, so I'm not going to give it, so I'm not going to wear a mask. Or somebody hasn't, I don't, like, whatever it may be, like... Whether you're giving it or somebody else is giving it or you don't want it or you don't want to give it, just wear the mask. It's not hard. It's really not hard. Yeah, so... Uh, but also, uh, another thing to touch on, it's not just um, the basketball that is probably going to be uh, not happening if this keeps on going, but baseball has had a lot of positive tests as well. Um, football, but all the personnel starting to come to the offices and headquarters those are starting to spike a little bit nhl got a couple so throughout all the leagues we're seeing positive tests and like you said it's it's looking bleak that if this keeps on happening that we're gonna have sports as bad as it is to say yeah i and you know obviously i hope we get it but i think the safety of everybody is certainly more important and so um, let's uh, let's be safe, people. Let's, let's try and uh, let's try our best to not only keep you and your family safe, but those around you that you decide to go out and, and be around. Exactly. Let's just let's just be safe. Okay. All right. You got it. You're good. You'll wear your mask. Cool. That's what I like to hear. Thank you. But as always, guys, thank you so much for for listening, for tuning in. Uh, check out the website if you are interested in finding out ways that you can contribute to the Black Lives Matter uh, towards 
all the sorts of equality things and environmental things that we have on our site. I mean, there, there's so many links that um, there's got there's bound to be something that you are um, somewhat passionate about. And I know we're passionate about most of the things on there too. So go check that out. It would mean a lot. And uh, yeah, thanks for, thanks for listening. And come back next Monday. We'll be back with you. Appreciate it, everybody. Later. Be safe. Later.